the first step would be for everybody to care about other people and not about themselves only. Uh, people should respect each other. It, uh, not dependent with the color, the gender. Uh, we must avoid all this uh, uh, confrontation. You know? The fact that we're all humans is what unites us. So, But I think you start to think of yourself more as a person from the planet. The task of the media is to help society find a common language and communicate. I think friendship and being nice to each other can unite everyone. I want to live in a society that where the people are very conscious, so they make Just conscious decisions. Work for the sake of uh, society, for the sake of love, for the sake of connection. I see that all people want two things, love and it respect. It is a compassionate society, a society that understands that your needs are you know, validated. And what unites us is being in relationship with each other. It's about humanizing the human society. Everybody has to be informed in a, in a proper way. Let's support each other. Let's help each other, no matter what another person may have. In the creative society, human life will be of highest value, and the best human qualities will prevail. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to, on, to online broadcast on Alata TV Africa. And my name is Olga and my co-host today is Olga too. And we welcome our friends from the beautiful African country of Namibia. And in today's broadcast, we will travel to this new country. We'll learn more a bit about its culture and about its beautiful people. And we'll hear their vision about their creative society. First of all, what is the Creative Society? It is a project that was launched on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. And the goal of this global project is to ask all people on Earth, how do they envision their creative society? The society that would be free of the consumerist format, the one that would be safe and comfortable to everyone. To reach uh, the goal of reaching out to as many people as we can in our project, we use the theory of six handshakes. And this rule says that all people on the planet are connected through six or even fewer social connections. We are all united. And in the end of the program, we'll ask our guests too to pass on the initiative to their friends from their country or another country of, in Africa or from another part of the world uh, that would be awesome too. And uh, now I'll pass floor to Olga. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Olga, for your introduction. Uh, my name is Olga as well. Uh, I am from Russia, and um, uh, we do believe that all of us are connected uh, through at least five or six social connections. And it's very easy to spread the message about this uh, global project started on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement uh, on Creative Society. And today we will try to discover what is it Creative Society for our guests, and uh, also we'll travel to Namibia. And let me introduce uh, the guests of today's uh, broadcast, uh, Travis. Um, maybe you can uh, tell us a few words and introduce yourself. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Travis. I am 
an American living here in Namibia. I've been here for four mm -hmm. years. I'm married to a local. Um, and I came here as a volunteer with the U.S. Peace Corps doing business development in a small town called Luteritz. Thank you so much. So you will tell us about your impression about Namibia, yeah? How you see the, uh, the culture from inside, <laughs> like... Uh... Yeah. And okay. also you have well, us... I can tell you that... Mm -hmm. I can tell you that from where I come from, uh, what I experience here is totally different than what I would have expected. Uh, Windhoek, the uh, capital city where I live now, is a bustling cosmopolitan city with beautiful restaurants, amazing people, uh, incredible experiences. The country in general is one of these places that everyone should visit. Um, coming from an American context, I feel like our understanding of the continent of Africa in general is fairly um, one-sided. And people, when they visit here, especially in Southern Africa, they're going to get a totally different impression from what they might understand that Africa to be. Um, for those people that are interested in backpacking, this could be one of the best places in the world to backpack. For those that are interested in high-end travel, this could be one of the best places in the world for high-end travel. So uh, whatever your budget is, I, I highly recommend taking uh, some time, taking some money and checking out what's happening down here. It's a pretty incredible place. Great. Uh, later on, we will uh, also see the uh, photos of the country, so we'll be able to know more. And now we have also with us uh, Kandali. Uh, Kandali, you can maybe introduce yourself, please. Hello, my name is Kandali. I'm a Namibian. Um, I'm 35 years old. I am currently staying in Benduk, and basically I'm working here as an IT manager. So um, basically I know everything about Namibian. Now, this, now my tribe is actually Oshibambo. We, we are called the Shibamba tribe, and we are actually 50% of the country population. Um, that's basically me in a nutshell. Thank you. And Uno? Yes, uh, my name is Uno. I live in Namibia, based in Mintuk. Currently, I'm in a small town in Namibia for Barbers. I'm a student, and I'm a Oshierero speaking. So... Yeah, that's it. Uh, when we were preparing for the telebridge, we got to know that uh, Namibia is a very scarcely populated country. Is it true? And then uh, it's like uh, almost, uh, you know, uh, not so much populated. So what can you tell us? Um, Namibia is a very big country, basically. Um, and just like you said, it's very scarcely populated. And, and our, dependence, uh, our population should be around plus minus 2.8 million. Now, dependence, um, unfortunately, because of what happened in the past, uh, there was conflict in the country, there was war. And basically, what happened is many, many of our people were killed um, by the Germans and, and South Africans because of the war uh, years. So basically, that actually really, really hit our population. That's why we are such a very big country and, and we, are, we are like tiny, we are like 2.8 million basically right now. Mm, I see. So let us watch now uh, collages of the photos um, that uh, our technical support has prepared. Uh, maybe we can uh, see them on the main screen. Uh, and then if you maybe have some comments, uh, please uh, tell us what you see and to our viewers as well. And 
Yes, as an outsider, uh, may may make a small comment. Uh, you know, when you hear, I'm sorry, there there are like many stereotypes and about my country too. Uh, that if it's a developing country, you'll see only some small villages and huts and and so on and like people uh, wearing traditional clothing but it's good that on this collage we see like the traditional huts that also I, I guess you'll tell us uh, are preserved somewhere in namibia uh, but you see you have modernity like and like the world is developing and uh, like so like the beauty of such broadcasts it's to shake the stereotypes that we have yeah and yeah welcome please uh, to share your ideas Well, I'd like to speak first. The, the picture that's in the upper middle, the blue house is Ludwigs. That's where I originally started my time in Namibia. That is a small German coastal town, about three hours drive from And you'll drive three hours in the middle of the desert into what appears to be nothing. And you'll end at this harbor town with a bustling port, with a diamond mine, uh, with a lot of industry, with big companies. Um, it could be one of the most unique places on the planet. Uh, and that's just a testament to how many of these smaller towns in the are. They drive six, seven hours through the desert. As you said, it's very uh, uh, sparsely populated here. And you end up in these incredible, amazing places that you're always doing about. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe you can, we can watch the next collage of photos. Okay, now we have uh, uh, cuisine. cuisine. So maybe you can tell us about the food. Which is your favorite dish, by the way, uh, Kandali? Um, mine is, um, I can't see it so very well, um, um, but I think uh, the top one, it, it looks like what they call spinach. It's called regional spinach. It only grows during uh, during December, um, usually when it rains, and basically it's very nutritious. Unless, it, um, yeah, I think so. I just can't see it so very well. And uh, like in the upper left corner, we see a picture. I guess there are some worms, or uh, I can name it properly. <laughs> Is it like kind of traditional dish too? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Cool. And Uno, I guess what's it's also your favorite uh, food. Also, maybe we can also ask Uno what is your favorite food. My favorite is not there. Like us Oshiro people, we like pet cakes, goat head tribes, we eat those inside tribes and the head and the feet of the goats and cows. <laughs> like, you are not a herero if there is no meat. That's what they say. Like, we love meat. Like, um, where I'm based, where I come from, um, they call it the cattle country. So most of the hereros come from the east side, from Omaheke region. So we have a lot of meat here. Mm. Uh, you see, uh, I'm from Russia and you know my favorite food is potato <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> potato grows uh, in such a, a quantity in Russia, you know, when I was uh, in Africa and people asked me, Olga, what's your favorite food? Can we give you, like, indira, gurasa? I asked him, no, can you please give me potato? <laughs> he said, why, why it's like this? I told them, it's my favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything similar to potatoes in Africa? Because as I know, in some regions... Potato, potato maybe. Yeah, could be potato. Yeah, or potato, you call it like this? Yeah, it's, we call it that. Do we you have it in Namibia? Then I will come to Namibia. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of different variety of food. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, so my, my wife's family is uh, uh, colored here. They're a mixed race uh, population. And what's really popular for our family events is what's called Pointy, P-O-T-J-I-E. And that is a cauldron, a, like a black cauldron pot, kind of like what a witch would have. And they throw everything from the back in there. Um, so that's a really popular dish. That would also have potatoes, vegetables, carrots, onions, what have you. And then kana, which is kind of like Namibian meat, which is meat sliced up really uh, uh, finely. You can put a spice and put it in a onion and tomato salsa. I really enjoy that. <laughs> Thank you. And now we can see actually, I think, a desert, that uh, beautiful yellow uh, juice. Uh, is it like in which part of the country is it? Um, it's actually at the coastal part of Namibia. Uh, what happened is um, it's where the sea and the desert meets. It's, it's called the Namib Deserts. It's one of the oldest uh, uh, deserts basically in the world. Um, that's where it's treated. And also what happened is um, we're having two coastal towns. Uh, we're having Stockholm, it's Babish Bay. Most of the towns are actually, um, most of the towns at the coastal sites is where you find the dunes basically. Yeah, yeah, you mean the picture in the bottom on the right, yes, it's like a house full of sand, it means that just uh, people cannot clean it and uh, they cannot, uh, cannot, cannot live there, yes? Yeah, the picture on the right. So that's, that's Coleman's Cope, that's also in Lydrix, where I was living. That's a, uh, a ghost town, a old mining town that's been overrun with sand dunes. So you cannot live there, but it could be one of the coolest places on the planet to take photos. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Mm. And I'm sorry to ask, maybe it's um, like not a planned question. When we are uh, talking with people from around the world, uh, like we also notice some different climate changes, you know, like uh, there are maybe small, somewhere bigger. And is this phenomenon of a ghost city in Namibia, is it like, was it common for you for centuries? Or is it something new, like that villages now are covered with sand and uh, people cannot live there anymore? If you know, like, just a question. So I, I can speak to the history of that place because I was living there. Um, mm -hmm. Luteritz was the first place in Southern Africa that diamonds were discovered. And so it was discovered by the Germans in the early 1900s, I believe. Yeah. And so that town became a big diamond mining town. Yes. Um, I can't really speak to the history of how the people that were locally were treated. Um, but after all the diamonds were mined out of that area, they moved offshore. So now they're mining in the ocean. Um, yeah. And that place since stopped producing diamonds from the late 1950s. So that's that's what happened for that to be a, a ghost town. Mm. That's true, yeah. What's the name of this uh, town uh, where uh, where they started to, uh, this exploration of diamonds? Um, there's actually um, um, Orange Moon. That's one of them. Orange Moon. Yes, that's, uh, that's, where, that, that's where they explored diamonds. But uh, initially, he started with Ludrets, that was the first place there were many diamonds, but now it's actually Ranjamund. Because what happened is now with Ludrets, um, just like he was saying, Travis was saying, 
they must have depleted uh, the diamonds there, and obviously it was finished. So what happened is now um, uh, more diamonds were discovered in Ranjibun. That's now where they are mining diamonds um, on land and offshore till today. Interesting. And also we heard there are some petroglyphs in your country. Uh, sorry? Some petroglyphs. Uh, you know, these uh, carvings on rocks that can be found also in some uh, parts of uh, the desert. Is it uh, uh, correct? Some ancient, you know, petroglyphs like part of history. Maybe have any, um, do we have any pictures of this or, or not? Uh, no, probably not. We can actually uh, make it for the next uh, time for the second session to study uh, petroglyphs. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, uh, in your country, because uh, on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement, we have different projects. And one of these, it's called a Science of Time, where we uh, actually invite the researchers, the archaeologists, historians, actually even just ordinary people to yeah. study the history, uh, I mean, in expanded way. And it means like we... Uh, are studying it together and discovering it together. And uh, we have realized that a lot of uh, artifacts can be still found, especially in Africa, uh, on this continent, uh, in petroglyphs. And of course, if you know our history, it will help us, you know, uh, not to repeat the same mistakes uh, and uh, to build this creative society, because especially petroglyphs, showing to us that the creative society existed before this model of society that we are talking about and that we have watched the video in the beginning of our uh, broadcast, it existed before. So it means we are not coming up with something new, like a strange model of society, but we actually uh, rediscovering our own past. So that's why uh, it's very important, I mean, to, to, to know our history. That's so we can have yeah. it for the next uh, next um, round uh, table with uh, Namibia. And well, uh, if you're traveling, you, you wouldn't travel here to see like ancient cities, but mm. the San people are some of the oldest civilizations in the world. And there's a variety of cave paintings and a variety of like ancient artifacts you can find, but you won't find large mm. cities like you'd find in Egypt here. They're just, uh, they're not developed in that way. Mm. The San oh, okay. people were, were one, people on the, on the move all the time. They would follow the animals, so they wouldn't build cities. Yeah. Yes, you mean like that uh, there were nomad tribes, yes, living here. But also, like what we've been talking, uh, why petroglyphs are interesting, these signs are found like all over the world. And even, you know, sometimes even studying not large cities, but small signs, uh, carved on rocks can tell us even more about our history and even more about the unity because when you uh, study deeper these signs we see that uh, they are really all similar around the world very mm. similar that also bring us closer to the question and it's it's really very united to the idea of the creative society too because this is the idea of finding that common goal that can unite us and like returning to our roots and understanding that our origins of our cultures were really very close. Uh, it's also like one of the tools to like to bring unity to people to understand there's no distance between like, okay, Ukraine and Namibia. If we see the same signs, yeah, painted or carved by our ancients. Certainly. So let us now come to the second part of this broadcast. And uh, 
maybe we can ask our guest uh, the second question. Uh, how do they see uh, changes in the society? Let's say a progressive community of the 21st century where everyone is happy and uh, actually the world that we can leave to our children that we will not be ashamed uh, to pass to next generation. Uh, so let's uh, maybe start with Uno <laughs> on the opposite. So Uno, uh, how do you see the creative society and this um, uh, progressive community? What, what is it for you? Now we can hear you when you unmute yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's fine. If Uno is not ready, maybe guys uh, may start and uh, like we'll continue. Okay, um, let me start. Okay, mm -hmm. um, from my side, how I see it for us to be a progressive society, um, obviously we are all different. We all come from different cultural backgrounds. We are brought up differently. We, we have got different beliefs. So basically, um, um, end of the day, uh, we just need to find a common goal. And also what happened is we need to respect each other. That's, that's basically what's very important. Doesn't matter whether I'm yellow, black, green, or whatever color, as long as I respect, I respect uh, you and you respect me basically back, that way basically um, uh, will be one of the ways basically which we can actually um, uh, uh, work together basically as, as a unit. Otherwise, if, if one don't respect the other one, basically that's where the problem starts. So for, for the biggest one for me is actually respect. Uh, maybe we can ask our technical support team to show please to us the first Alatro Foundation on the screen. Because I think what you just mentioned about human being and respect uh, to human being, it's actually about uh, human life. Because uh, in this progressive community, uh, it is uh, where uh, a human comes first. And let me write it for you, uh, read it for you. Uh, human life, it's the highest value. And life of any human has to be protected as one's own. The goal of society is to ensure and to guarantee the value of each human's life. There is not and never can be uh, anything else more valuable than a human's life. And of course, if one human is valuable, it means that all people are valuable. And uh, this is uh, also, I think, uh, what maybe you are talking about, a human life. Yep. Travis, are you maybe uh, ready to make some uh, comments on uh, creative society? How do you see the creative society? Well, I feel like um, there's, there's a common term in pop culture right now called being woke. And uh, what that means to me is like this idea of awakening to a new consciousness, to realize that we don't have to be dictated based on our subconscious patterns of the past that we can come together and we can learn from each other and we can act as one. So uh, I don't feel like the uh, happiness is found out there. I think it is found within. And once we realize that we can create our own happiness from within, then we can better relate to those around us. Thank you. I really like what you said about uh, like, this being like the new like it's not only the format of society it's really as you said the format of consciousness because it's like 
a conscious attitude to our life because like we've been born to this uh, world and we've been conditioned uh, like to live like we live and we were like told not to ask questions and when you start asking questions it looks like you're some weirdo trying to change the world and everyone like makes jokes at you and but uh, when we are talking with people and our organization has uh, has done like thousands of interviews with people around the world and talking about the inner values about what unites all people you see really that like all what we want is the same and these eight foundations that we'll see um, all together uh, they were they started from these interviews they're like uh, not just imagined or created it's already was generated by uh, by the um, wish of people what people really voiced because like if you watch these uh, foundations uh, they are all like it's natural it's it's like it's, it's really a true human nature to live like this. Maybe we'll ask our technical support uh, to show uh, like all of the foundations to us. Because these foundations really make sense when they are considered considered all together. Because when you just name like human life, freedom, safety, it uh, really may sound as some populist claims. But when you really analyze them deeply, what is human life and the value of human life defines human freedom and human safety. And uh, please, technical support, if we can uh, see all of the foundations uh, like in full. Thank you so much for these um, comments. Maybe we can also ask Uno if uh, Uno maybe has the access to uh, to microphone now and uh, tell us what is a creative society for you as well. How do you see it? Um, I see it as we all humans and we are one. We need to treat each other equally. It doesn't matter what color you are. At the end of the day, we are people. So you don't need to treat someone differently because 
they are poor, they are rich. Yeah, let's see. Like the society where we don't, uh, we have all our needs covered, yeah, all our life necessities, where we don't uh, think about uh, what we will eat tomorrow, where where uh, there's going to be enough food, uh, like uh, uh, security, social security, right? Something, uh, something, you know, important for our life, yeah? Yeah. And I guess, yeah, with us, not everybody has that safety and security since most of the people, they don't have places to stay. So it's good to actually come together, um, build something or have something to support the less privileged people. They can choose to be that. I mean, life took a toll. So helping each other is actually, it's important. and. Every, so everyone can be happy. I mean, we deserve to be happy. Mm. Uh, maybe we can also um, ask, uh, how do you see, for example, uh, education uh, in this uh, progressive community? How maybe do you see healthcare? Like, uh, what is it for you? Like, for example, when... Uh, we can use also maybe advanced technologies, you know, for the medical care. To use even drones, so because we had, uh, for example, broadcast uh, with Morocco, uh, and they said like for them, uh, uh, like medical care, it's important. And then uh, they see it when they, for example, a drone uh, takes a drug, for example, someone is uh, in need, and then simply they send the drone with this uh, medicine to, um, a village where maybe there is no infrastructure, I mean, there is no uh, direct roads, and then mm. the drones delivers uh, the drug. So basically, um, it uh, technology facilitates our life. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it means like not talking about some uh, f like science fiction or some uh, super technologies that are even not available. We are talking just about the basics that are really available. Like, okay, we are like five people, like somewhere in Ukraine, Russia, Namibia, uh, and okay, we have internet. And it means like that uh, we have maybe rather better conditions than some other people in living in, even in our countries. And it means that it is already available and it should be at least available to other people. Because like, for example, if you have internet, you have uh, the access to unlimited information and to education. Even if you like have limited money, you can read a lot, study a lot. There's a lot of like free stuff, for example. So uh, even we, we don't need to fantasize. We, we can even talk about the solutions that are already there that should be like for us, it's natural to have internet, but like kind of a big portion of our population still doesn't have it. And the same about uh, these things, even like drones used to deliver drugs. It's also, it's, it's not something fantastic. It's already there. Why shouldn't we use it like across all Africa and all African countries or in our countries? Uh, and what do you study, Uni? You, uh, I think you mentioned that you are studying uh, something, no? Yes, I'm doing business administration. Mm. Uh, it's uh, interesting to know because um, uh, in this conference um, uh, that actually we had the last year, 
uh, it was called Society the Last Chance, uh, a global conference also organized on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. Uh, people gathered from different countries and they already confirmed, yes, they do need a change. And uh, uh, after this, we had a series of um, uh, conferences uh, related to specific topic. And one of these was economy, like uh, plant economy. So we can easily organize, uh, actually, plant economy. It's much more easier to arrange than the, uh, than the uh, uh, microeconomy. And uh, uh, in the creative society, for me, for example, uh, when uh, um, I can easily, you know, have bananas. Uh, for example, um, uh, I'm from Russia and uh, I, uh, it was uh, 10 years old when uh, I first uh, uh, tasted a banana. Because uh, some things, you know, uh, I watched only on TV. So uh, actually for us, um, uh, plant economy, it's very easy to introduce uh, when we have access to all necessities. Uh, for example, you sent uh, from Africa to us your exotic fruits and we will deliver to you uh, from, uh, I don't know, maybe fish, potato, uh, apples. Uh, because for example, when I was in Sudan, I realized that the apples are even more expensive than the meat. I was shocked. I asked, you know, uh, we have so many apples, you know, on the ground, just, you know, getting rooted. And uh, in Sudan, it's even more expensive than the meat. And I asked why. And people told me, yes, because we are um, actually um, uh, importing them uh, from far away. So for us, uh, at this point of technological development that we are now, it's very easy to come to this plant economy. And also we invite to collaboration the economists, I don't know, business administrators, because uh, all together we can finally achieve it. And uh, that's why I asked. And, and from, from my side, um, I'm actually in ICT. Um, I'm actually an IT manager. So I've mm. this. I will also do some of these uh, services whereby we, we try to, to bring internet connection to remote areas like uh, villages village and stuff right now. So basically, um, um, because there are actually some places in Namibia which actually don't have access to the, to the internet, basically. So at this, um, we do some of these projects whereby we, we go to the villages and identify what kind of condition they need. Do they need the wireless? Do they need VSAT? Do they need satellite communication? So um, that way, basically, we also bring information to the people, basically. Yeah, and from from a foreign from a foreign point of view, um, Namibia in general, uh, the salaries here aren't as high as they would be in the U.S. Yet things tend to be substantially more money here. Um, it's harder to get things here. There's not as much of the um, uh, the logistics channels. So Olga, you're mentioning about delivering things via drone. And I know certain parts of the states they're already doing that. Uh, it would it would be very beneficial for certain communities here to have access to those technologies. But um, one thing that Namibia will be challenged with, and that would be something that you'd find challenges throughout this part of the world, is that with not as many people and people are spread out, it's just harder to find that level of infrastructure. So here in the capital where we're all located, that's where you'll find the really nice hospitals. That's where all the banks are. That's where the insurance companies are. That's where a lot of the jobs are. And if you're living in a rural community, having access to those resources or having access to employment is, is not as easy. So um, as part of the creative society, what would be beneficial for a place like this is leveling out the um, way that income is spent um, and who has access to what. 
Uh, it's easy to live in the capital here and be kind of in a bubble, have access to good jobs, good paying stuff, nice cars, good restaurants, access to healthcare. Um, but if you're in a rural community or you have um, the means to access those things, life can be very challenging. Yeah. This is what uh, creative society is about, where everyone on this planet, every citizen on earth has uh, all their needs covered, regardless whether this uh, person comes from the village, from the remote area or from the capital, uh, because the technology allows us to implement it already. So the question is exactly in this, how you call it, this materialistic attitude, you know, this uh, consumer format, you know, that uh, concentrates uh, the resources in the, uh, let's say, um, for the benefit of a small group of people, but in the creative society, uh, you know, the resources uh, belong to, to all of us, I mean, to human beings. So mm -hmm. that's why if we uh, finally can uh, go through this uh, uh, and come to this uh, creative uh, society, we can actually solve many problems that we, that for us now, maybe it seems, oh, maybe it's difficult, but uh, it's very easy to overcome. Uh, mm -hmm. That's why uh, we started this project uh, on creative society to be able to, uh, for all human beings, uh, regardless, uh, I don't know, Namibians, Russians, Ukrainians, uh, those who came from America, uh, to come to this next stage of evolution. When you have, uh, you know, uh, human inside of you uh, and the animal <laughs> who is inside of you also, you know, it's a kind of small <laughs> and the uh, human being is uh, big. Yeah. And that is why it is like we are talking to people as people, but it is interesting to hear like every one of you is involved in some sphere, like uh, like Uno is a student and uh, Kandali is working in informational technologies and uh, like Matthew, what are you doing? Uh, like you said, you, li you live in the capital of the country and maybe what you do and so you may have some insights uh, from the position of your profession, how it would change, what changes can be done in like in this new format. Sure, so uh, a lot of the work that I'm doing now is geared towards um, giving people access to uh, knowledge as far as business is concerned. I'm not working at a university, but I do a variety of business skills trainings and business consulting for small businesses to try to give them that next push to get them into that uh, global marketplace. Um, so uh, expanding those opportunities, making sure that those that have uh, the ideas have access to the capital that they need to get those ideas off the ground. Um, and for those that are unable to attend a university or maybe had dropped out of school at a younger age, they still have access to some kind of education that'll allow them to get into this um, uh, society in this marketplace. So that's what yeah. I'm working on. But can I just say from the position of uh, the work that you do, uh, that also, like, as you say, it's connected to business and education, that um, it is being more and more uh, affected by the market forces. And how do you see what is... Um, what is the influence? Should we like develop in the because in education now it is a common like it's it's a concern. Some people see, think it's a benefit, and some think it as evil. That education is being a bit more and more affected by economy and by market. It is driven by competition, by market forces, and 
it maybe loses kind of its uh, educational cores that it should not only like uh, teach some skills but also develop each person as a personality like from the holistic uh, viewpoint or maybe others uh, maybe you have some ideas because education you know when we talk with people around the world education is uh, most widely discussed because it's really that uh, the things that concerns uh, really everyone um i mean i i guess just since that was direct to me i'll just respond and here as in my life in the states and i would imagine everywhere in the world um equal access to education is not available just as equal access to healthcare or infrastructure is not spread across the board. So um, one thing that I do recognize just as a foreigner living in Namibia um, in a country that has relatively high income disparity, that there are several folks that have access to resources that will have access to the really nice and really expensive uh, um, uh, uh, educational institutes and the universities and others just will, won't have access to those just socioeconomically. Thank you so much, Travis. Maybe the technical support can show to us also on the screen uh, one of the foundations talking about uh, creative ideology. Uh, because creative ideology, it's uh, uh, the fifth foundation uh, for the creative society uh, that tell us um, that uh, education also, uh, and of course, um, ideology should be aimed at popularizing the best human qualities because now we actually uh, getting uh, like forgetting about uh, this that uh, the best human qualities should be promoted and we should create a trend to popularize them and uh, the main priority is the priority of humanity in education everywhere and of course high spiritual and moral aspirations of a human so that's why in education, uh, especially education uh, in the creative society, we have um, uh, creative ideology as a basis. Uh, and maybe someone would like to comment something. Otherwise, we would like to also to invite everyone to join uh, our upcoming uh, broadcasts. And it's very easy to, uh, to be in the program. You just uh, go to the website, uh, www.alatraunites.com. Uh, where you can uh, uh, see the button to join. Uh, you click on this button and then uh, we will be able to see your request and uh, we'll be able to invite you to the, our upcoming broadcast. And uh, also on the screen, uh, our technical support just showed to us also the email address. Uh, yes, uh, how to join us as well. And uh, this is our website. And uh, you are welcome uh, for this um, uh, broadcast and uh, for a joint discussion of our uh, present uh, and future. Yeah, you can find even like more videos or other materials with the hashtags that you, you've seen throughout all our program, like Electronites and Creative Society. Uh, you know, they're already in all social media that you can uh, imagine. And I think you can find and videos and articles and like other materials to learn more like, and uh, the more you learn, the more you will like it. And it's definite. And uh, the more people join the project, the more people uh, 
come together, the sooner we can like start making the real change. Because like talking to people and informing that the project was already started, it's only the first step that we initiate. Because we're we're looking for like-minded people. Because uh, like it's it's a form of society. It's a form of really like as Matthew said, consciousness that everyone wants to have. Because everyone would like to to feel comfortable and like um, to be to feel safe and secure and know that like tomorrow you'll have like the means for not only survival but for living and it's really what unites us all yeah and if you have uh, just um, any more ideas what can we do to bring it closer and what can each of us do please share yeah Okay, I understand. Maybe uh, I, I don't want to like uh, to push you, and uh, maybe we would all, we'll also like to invite you to the more global conference that will take place on the twentieth of December. This like in uh, less than two weeks, and this conference was uh, initiated by our American friends from uh, volunteers of our platform. And it is like a new step to inform even more people about the project, to tell to tell more about it and to connect, to unite even more people. And now we'll ask our technical support to play us the video release that will about this conference. Every day, we share a great amount of information. This information forms our reality. Is this the way we wish to live? We need change. The change starts with us, with the information we share. Consumerist society leads us to death. We need a new vector of life, a creative society. It is up to you and me to build a creative society worldwide, where human life is the main value. Development of humanity is the main aim. Human safety is the main priority. Is it possible to build a creative society now? Yes. All we need to do is unite in one common idea. A creative society. People around the world are already acting to share the idea of creative society with the whole world to make it a reality. Learn how on the unique international online conference, Creative Society, United We Can, December 20th, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, live on Alatra TV. You are the one who can change the future.
our dear guests and for everyone who is watching and for everyone who will watch these broadcasts or other videos yeah, and please 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 connect and if you can please share this information because uh, it's a uh, high time that we understand that uh, you cannot say I'm not alone because like what can I alone do you're not alone anymore and I'm not alone anymore and there are many of us thank you so much for today and uh, see you in our upcoming broadcasts and let's make a second session that we didn't uh, have the chance to cover today about petroglyphs and uh, would be very interesting to get to know about the creative science and symbols on African continent. Thank you so much and see you later. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks to everyone. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, bye. Thank you so much. Bye bye.